0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Ash. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, eighteen hundred and fifty miles southeast of me, is none other than the insatiable Mister Kip Fisher. And this evening, we are joined by oh, a voice from the a voice from the ether, a laugh from the ether, the lovely listener, our good friend, our truly our good friend, Mister Michael Stewart, gentlemen. How the heck are you? Well, apparently Mike is lovely. <laughs> he is. All of Mike is lovely. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, doing doing okay now. Thank you. Yes, I you could
1: say I'm lovely or anything. I mean, it's it's just like fifth anniversary,
0: forgotten, all over again. <laughs> Hey, I told you how you get me to remember that. Well, folks, this is uh, this is not just a, a show when we have a guest. This is a show when we have a guest in person. I am uh, still at my local watering hole, the basement of my uh, of my home. Kip is in his regular room where he broadcasts, but probably no more than uh, eight or nine feet away from Kip happens to be our good friend, Mr. Stewart, and uh, we are very happy about the fact that he is uh, joining us, part of our regular broadcast this evening. He's right there
1: through the the looking
0: glass. I'm I'm sure you guys could pull uh, an Adam and God on the Sistine Chapel ceiling and uh, touch each other's finger right now, couldn't you? (laughs) I
1: I suppose that's possible, but
0: I got to tell you, it's not very likely. <laughs> well uh i am happy you're here happy that uh not you kip i'm happy that mike's here um, yeah
1: no you've made that very clear
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, mike so you're down there uh doing your your regular thing enjoying cigars enjoying friendship but also helping out uh some uh of the charity work that kip does that he devotes his life to and um uh, playing some music, enjoying the beach, helping people out. You're having a good old week, it looks like.
2: We, we had an, a very good week in terms of not only just the numbers of people that we interacted with, that their reactions and how they received me. When I say they, I, I don't mean, I mean, we talked to some adults, but most of us were working with the school kids uh, up in the mountains and at the orphanage, where we also uh, did this last year. And at another elementary school, for lack of a better word, it's private because there's no other school available. So people bring forth funds to create a school for the kids. It's not an elitist thing at all. So I'm, I'm going to guess between Kip's classes, Kip's and Nick's, his uh, English language classes, and the kids in the orphanage and the kids at the at the elementary school, I, I think we're looking at 175, maybe even 200 kids. Up, up, well, probably close to 175.
1: Yeah, probably pushing 200, because there's 136 English students in total, although they oh, all weren't there. Okay. And then the... Well, we had the the, we had the little kids, too. Yeah, and the orphanage has usually 90 to 100 at any given time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty darn cool. So it was good. We,
1: yeah, we,
2: did, we didn't get to do some of the mountain things we have done in the past. This is, for those who don't know, this is the 3rd January I've come down to spend a week with Kip, and each year we... Done, we've done a few things that are similar, but it's been expanding in terms of my role down here and what I can and can't do uh, to bring some joy and merriment to the to the planet. And, now you
0: uh, can you can interact a lot more this year, I would imagine. Oh, we
2: did. We I probably spent um, maybe seven hours with with the kids in the various schools. That might be a I, little high, but well, thank oh, quite you, a bit of time.
1: I think he meant your mad Spanish skills. Si, si,
2: si, mi, mi, mi espanol es muy bueno, experto. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my, my, um, my Spanish is still quite broken. And, uh, you L19, don't
0: yeah,
2: how about that? Uh, and it's but, but I had some good runs in terms of talking to people and not sounding completely dumb, although, we, like, right, this is one of the stories I wanted to share that. Uh, our friend William, who works down here and Kip works with an account, on some projects, he was telling us how his uh, daughter was had her first day as a doctor at the local hospital, and I thought I told him he was a proud papa. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I should have said proud papa, because a papa is a potato.
0: <laughs> hey, man, at least you didn't go to a train depot asking for 10 old ladies. Yes.
2: <laughs> I have, I have avoided that faux pas so far.
0: I'm pretty sure there's still a woman in uh, in Madrid who's laughing at me for that one. Oh. Or, longing,
2: or longing for you for it, perhaps.
0: <laughs> That's should, very true.
1: Gotta be 100. Where's that big of a minute?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I hope that a little bit later on in the show you can tell us a little bit more about the trip and uh, a little bit sure. more about what you've gotten out of it, uh, both uh, cigar-wise as well as um, just... O- overall uh, experience-wise, uh, and we can uh, pick your brain, ask you some questions, and uh, hopefully talk a little bit about maybe what you're going to do next year too. Because I'm just going to put it out there: you're going to go again, and I don't care well, if, what uh, you and Kim say.
2: If things work out, that that is the plan. At least I think it is. That's what I'm told here. Yet, who knows what after I leave how how things will shake out. But uh, that that is the general consensus so far, to best of my knowledge and. Uh, I do have already some ideas. It was good this time learning what things work very well, which things don't work, and things mm-hmm. they do know or don't know, and things they can or can't do readily.
0: Well, very cool. I... You, uh, uh, you 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 certainly kind of not to you know take minute nine of the recording and make it sentimental, but uh, your desire to go down to Dominican Republic, go down to cigar country. And uh, not just enjoy a cigar or two, but also make the world a better place is a pretty darn cool thing, man. I haven't said it specifically, but I want you to know that I think that that shows a lot of character. One of the reasons I like you, know, you buddy. Pre-
2: Thanks. Uh, when when we started this three years ago, Kip was like, "Well, what? Why do you want to do this?" You know, <laughs> he, he was still. He, and we didn't know each other very well. Just a couple of quick conversations. And then one day we had like a forty-five minute conversation, and I said, "You know, just." I don't necessarily have the same ideas on everything he does or other people do, but just for me in general, the, the fewer people that are unhappy wherever, the better things are. And that's that's my simplest way to put it.
0: Amen to that. In every sense of the word. Well, <laughs> we uh, we have a cigar that we're smoking tonight, not just a conversation. Uh, or at least I'm, Kip and I do at this point.
1: I'm an inch into this thing. We, we probably should at least tell somebody what it is.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a good, good idea. I am not an inch in, but what I will say is that I am having the damnedest time keeping this thing lit properly. <laughs> really? I yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I cannot get this uh, this one side of the cigar to uh, burn well. So I'm going to attribute it at this point to my light, but you never know. Um, the cigar's got some age on it because it is the... Uh, Ernie Perez Carrillo 2011 Edition Limitada, The Dark Rituals. So we are we're going to town on this bad boy, this massive bad boy. That's uh, that's one for the drinking game, folks. I think you just got <laughs> two bad boys for the price of one. There, really. Um, nice Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I'm gonna do the audience in in the first 15 minutes. Sorry, guys. Um, well, this uh, Dark Rituals is a cigar that. It, it really has a special place in my heart. Um, it's not the best cigar in the world. It's not my preferred size, but it is the only cigar that I have ever received for building someone a home. Um, late in 2009, I started working with a couple um, in the suburbs here, and uh, I, I was designing them their dream home. Their dream home. Um, we worked long and hard to marry their need for space with their desire for a healthy and efficient living space. When it was all said and done, they had the first LEED certified home uh, in the entire county, uh, the most efficient home in their city, and one of the healthiest in the state. Um, I was proud of that house. I still am, and uh, so are they. A long while after they had moved in, they came to my office with a small parcel and uh, a big smile on their faces. Um, I opened it up and was absolutely blown away by the generosity that they displayed in giving me a box of these cigars. What we're smoking tonight are actually the last three specimens from that gift, and a perfect way to remember that very personal achievement for me. So... The cigar is a gigantic vitola, much larger um, uh, than my ring gauge uh, tool can even measure but i'm guessing that uh, the direct measurements would probably yield right around a fifty six by six and three eighths and I think that when uh, these were originally rolling out, they were six and a half inches we 've seen a little bit of shrinkage happens to all of us uh, <laughs> over the years so The wrapper is extremely dark, but I will say that it is substantially lighter um, than it was initially. This thing was, I mean, it was like looking at a box filled with black crayons when I got it. Um, It has lost some of the visible oils and it shows some of the color inconsistency of a a leaf that almost looks water stained. Um, The fact of the matter is, is that all of that is coming from the oils that used to be present. Um, it's really kind of neat to see when you look at this. I know exactly how these were kept. They were kept in their original box forever. Water never came in contact with them. Um, but for them to have this apparent staining to them, is it's a pretty cool thing. Um, I do not keep my humidor very uh, humid at all. So I know that they have never been um, uh, overhumidified. So the wrapper leaf is officially called an Oscuro Maduro. Um, by the manufacturer but no country of origin is disclosed at all so it's um, an Ecuadorian Sumatran binder uh, which sits over all Nicaraguan filler tobacco Um, I expect this to kind of continue on with some dusty cocoa and fruit flavors dominating uh, the experience so I look forward to the journey and above all I look forward to sharing it with two of my great friends so Kip, you are further along than I am. You are not experiencing burn wonkiness. Um, why don't you start us off with uh, some of the things that you're getting out of it if I can sure. put, you, put you on the spot here.
1: I can do that. I'm lo- trying to look under the light and I can uh, see the, the modeling you're talking about, but I had not even noticed because I'm that guy that doesn't really pay attention to much. Um, but the coloration seems to be on the high points. Like it's Telegraphing the the lumps and bumps underneath the, the, the wrapper leaf, and those mm-hmm. are darker, rather than just brown spots. But I definitely see what you're talking about, and uh, I can't speak to the coloration because I don't remember how dark these were. Although I did smoke them at the time, I don't I don't recall that they were, I don't recall what they were enough to make a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I noticed. First was before the show, before I lit this thing up, had a um, very clean and, and uh, that going back to Dale's tropical spice, that kind of flavor to it, where it's like a, is, there's not a piquant kind of thing going on. It's not pepper spice. It's a, it's a sweetened kind of spice, it, it, even on the cold draw. And in lighting it up, it comes across a little more dry on the palate than I might have expected, which is not a bad thing. It's not, not dry in the sense that it's a bothersome kind of impact from the flavor. It's just in my head, this was going to be one of those mouthwatering savory kind of cigars. I'm not getting that at all. Uh, There's, there's some sweetness there. Uh, Not as much of the, uh, like I mentioned, the, the the savoriness that I expected and a little more sweetness. Uh, don't guess I really have any more specifics than that at the moment.
0: You know what I'm getting off of this, and it's delightful. Is What's that? Oh jeez! Uh, Mike just lit up his acetylene torch to torch the cigar. <laughs> um. <laughs> Christmas! Um. This cigar has a really wonderful, sweet bready flavor. Um, it is on kind of the initial or the immediate, um, I don't know, flavor consumption. It's not on the long finish. The finish kind of, kind of morphs a little bit into some of that dustiness, a little bit of toasted tobacco. Um, it's not extremely cocoa to me anymore, which is unexpected. I thought that it would have a little more of that, but mm. that sweet bready flavor initially is awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. There's not a lot of the chocolatey, cocoa kind of end of the spectrum for me either. Mm-hmm. I,
2: when I, I was, I just been, I just let my
0: We know. And I was getting, I was
2: getting, <laughs> when, when I, I was just kind of giving it a once over and trying to look at the things you guys talking about. I get. I was getting a little barnyardishness on on, on the aroma, but I'm getting also on, on the flavor. I'm getting you know, at the end of it a bit of grassiness, and that that might be my constitution today. This is the first day in three years that I've had any issues with uh, digestion here in the in the island, and maybe that's what's going on. But I, uh, I, like I said, in the back of my mouth, I get that at the end of the end of the draw. Hmm.
0: I'm really not getting much um, in the back of my mouth. I'm getting a lot on my hard palate, but almost nothing on my soft palate. This is almost a complete flavor recognition from, like, the top of my mouth. Um, uh, Yeah, it's almost all hard palate to me, which is interesting now that you mentioned kind of how you're getting those flavors or where you're getting that sensation, Mike. It's totally different. For me, I think it might be Constitution-related, or or maybe it's what I had for dinner, too. You know, Maybe that's impacting how I'm tasting. I don't know.
1: Maybe I should say I'm getting it equally distributed across the palate. It's just like a Goldilocks thing. Well, Are you I, I do, too.
2: I do, too, across I'm, the top of my mouth, but the grassiness is in the back.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm can tasty. read between I'm, the I'm, lines, Skip. My,
1: <laughs> my bed is too hard. My bed is too soft. <laughs> I mean, it is right.
0: Hmm. No, it's really interesting. I'm getting the vast majority of this, the vast majority of this on my hard palate. Um, I don't think that I'm retrohaling, but maybe I'm kind of slightly taking it into my nasal uh, passage. You know what I will say? There's a ton of smoke with this. Yeah. So I probably should concentrate on taking smaller puffs. Um, to to highlight or to be able to get some flavor off of it, I think I'm probably no, over. No, 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 myself. No,
2: really? no? I, I I don't like it when there's not a lot of smoke. It, it gets too thin and it's not and very few cigars that are not um, that are not overly smoky, or rather that are you know not staying lit very well, and you get just a very little bit of smoke. I, I find that wholly unenjoyable almost all the time. Really? So, wow. So this more so this more smoke is much more preferable for me.
1: I
0: guess I can I like see...
1: Just, I like just the right amount of smoke. You're
0: <laughs> such a tool. <laughs> hey, yeah, yay. <yeah. laughs> um, I guess I agree with you, Mike, when it's a, a cigar that's not producing a lot of smoke. Um, so what I mean by that is is I, uh, I think that we've all had those cigars that are either a slightly tight draw or maybe really poorly stored. And so you're smoking them um, and you're getting what seems to be much more air than you are smoke. And so it almost comes across as improper combustion or the 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 smoke is a little acrid because it's not it's not taking it from everywhere. You're getting that slightly charry flavor from some of it. When I have a cigar that's producing a ton of smoke like this, like an Añejo, like, uh, um, oh, uh, uh, not an undercrown. Um, yeah, an undercrown. Yeah, but I don't smoke that crap. Jeez, um, well, you can chuckle at least. I didn't mean it that insulting. I'm sorry, um, I, I
2: chuckled. I chuckled, but I was muted. I don't
1: um, know. Did you your sound went away when you were speaking? I didn't hear it.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. Undert- um, undercrown or Nika Rustica? Those yeah, Nika Rustica. The rustica is one that I'm talking about. You smoke that thing, and I have to scrape myself with like a, a oh. an 80 grit sandpaper to get that smoke off my skin. It's just such a it coats yeah, it everything.
2: That, that's a lot. But I kind of I, I'm kind of this way with food too. And I'm not saying I like super power, super high and spicy foods, but I do not like mild foods as a general rule. I, so the cigars kind of go the same way with me.
0: Okay. Uh, if we'll have that conversation, I am completely opposite with what I prefer in cigars to food. Huh? I I no kip. No <laughs> kip. You are not going to Goldilocks me the entire show. Um I like one of my favorite places to eat in the entire world is uh Bobby Flay's Mesa Grill. Um and it's just because you know the food is good, but food is great in a ton of places. The thing about Mesa grill is that the flavor is, it is exponentially more flavor than what I would ever expect to get from an omelet or from uh, crepes. Like he, he takes these things, these foods that you typically have a large amount of familiarity with, and they're prepared in such a way. And with other supporting ingredients that they just absolutely explode with, the seasoning and flavor profiles that they have. I love that in cigars. I'm sorry. I love that in food. In cigars, I love nuance. I love mild complexity. I like to have some a lot going on, but I don't want it to be ballsy and extremely full-bodied. I like medium-bodied and mild. Um, no, I'm sorry. And light-flavored. It can have strength, but I don't really need a ton of body, and I certainly don't like the hard flavors. We've talked about my preference for softer flavors over hard flavors many times. But it's interesting that you're in line, and I am opposite.
2: Well, I would agree on hard flavors, but when when there's just a lack of flavor, whether it's food or cigar, that that's when it's not enjoyable. Hmm. And it might just be I don't, you know, my my wife yells at me says that the cigars have made that more so. But it's taken away the ability to catch some of the more subtle flavors. I don't care. It's, it's just what it is.
0: You know what? One of the things that I love to do is when I'm on uh, a pretty cigar-centric trip or when I've <clears throat> been having a lot of spicy food or a lot of rum, something like that, I, I tend to change my preference for things. So a perfect example for that is um i i've been to central america a couple times and you know i you go on these benders where you have 6 8 cigars in a day you know and then after 3 or 4 days of that when you've smoked through an entire box um i i enjoy uh heavier rums or um sharper rums it's most prevalent to me in my spirit preference after I uh I mean everybody knows that I love my rums. I have my regular pour of Zaya and I love my Havana Club barrel proof or uh whatever these things are. Seleccion de los Maestros. Selection de Maestros? Ooh, Mikey. Yeah, I might need to uh I might need to pay you for your efforts. Seleccion de Maestros. Um this. You're out of gas you,
1: if you want it from here. It's been gone for a year.
0: No. Really? Yeah. hmm Alright. Um, Well, anyways, um, that's a little bit heavier, a little bit sharper of a rum than I prefer in a regular pour, but it's a perfect accompaniment when you've been overindulging, not so much in getting drunk, that's not what I mean, but when you've had those days when you've had more cigars than typical for an extended period, my palate changes, and I prefer that, that a little bit harder a little bit deeper flavor to it so maybe me not loving incredibly uh flavorful or over flavored cigars is more representation that i don't smoke cigars that often i might only have a few a week rather than you mike who what do you have five six a week mike mr mute oh there we go
2: oh yes yeah even in the wintertime unless it's stupid cold I mean, we, I mean, Kip and I have had a uh, conversation about what stupid cold means. Um, yeah, it <laughs> to, means
1: to two see. very different things to him and me. Yeah.
2: I believe it. Yeah, I, I, I will still mostly have a cigar about every day with, with very few exceptions unless the schedule is just wholly not working with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. can understand that. Hmm.
2: So, well, so, we've yes, been we here in the winter in the winter in Chicago. I can do it in my car or in my garage with the blaster going, the heater going. So, yes.
0: I uh, <clears throat> I have noticed even just throughout this, how long we've been vamping here, 15, 20 minutes, something like that, um, that I've had this cigar going for, that the flavors have started uh, morphing a little bit more to that um, dustiness. I, I enjoy that. Kip, I, I know that you were further into it than I was, but I'm now over an inch. Um, hold that up. I'm over an inch. Just just over an inch. And I am starting to get more of that dusty flavor. Um, uh, more in line with cocoa powder. Um, it's unexpected. It was not there on the front end.
2: Yeah, my yeah. grassiness has gone away.
1: Hmm. You probably are about where I was at. I was not perceiving it as having the, the quality of Uh, cacao or cocoa flavor in the sense that it was chocolatey, but I was talking earlier and said it had a little bit of a drying effect and that's kind of how I describe dustiness at at times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I do generally attribute um, a drier flavor uh, to come along with or to be what what I'm getting in a cigar when there's a dry flavor and kind of a cocoa uh, flavor at the same time. It typically leads to to dryness.
1: Uh I've got a liter
0: of water and it's half done and I'm only an inch into the cigar.
1: Oh, you better keep that bottle when you're done then.
0: I got a spare. (laughs) It's also a one liter. (laughs) Hey, uh, Uh,
1: just as a quick maintenance side note. Sure. Since I told you the, the, uh, master's edition is not available here. Sedman said earlier, he's headed to Cuba Sunday.
0: Oh, wow. It would be nice if you would ever come onto the website again. Let yeah. us know about that.
1: Yeah, he was giving you crap for not hanging out and chatting anymore. <laughs> but he's gone now. He had to go to hockey practice or something.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think he was going to be able to join us tonight. No, I know. it. I, the chat has screwed up my, uh, my internet connection in the past, so I am trying to not uh, throw gas on the fire when we have three people on this call. But let him know that I'm there in spirit. How's that? <laughs> He's going. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, we've introduced ourselves. Let everybody know how uh, special and happy we are to have just the the lovely Mike Stewart with us. Um, we've talked about this cigar of the week, some flavors off this thing, what we expect, what it means to me. So Miguel. I think it might be time for you to talk a little bit about uh, what the heck you've been doing this week.
2: Okay. So I arrived, I arrived last Sunday in the afternoon, just hung out with uh, Kip and our friend William. Uh-huh. So I got going by. <laughs> no,
0: no problem at all. Kip, who is William again?
1: William is the guy that has probably kept us from being killed, thrown in jail, or deported up until this point. <laughs> He is a Dominican friend that has unending patience with us over these past couple of years in in helping us learn Spanish, helping us when our vehicle breaks down or when we're stuck or we need to know somebody in the government to kind of get something done that's not happening. He's he's the guy you need to know.
0: So he's just been a a buddy through your through your your uh, profession down there and somebody who's become a friend.
1: Yeah, he he is a, a Dominican pastor for 30 years, and he's not a pastor in the sense that he has a a church that he leads at any given time. These days, he has various projects. He's been working in the prison system for the last eight years, and he's now begun a, a project as of this last month that kind of, migrate what he's been doing in the prison system because he, in talking to these thousands of inmates, they almost universally say, if I had had this program when I was younger I would not be here. And so he's moving into the public school system uh, and has gotten approval to do that and we have, Nick and I are working with him to do it and it's aimed at prevention rather than reaction and helps to kind of restore broken family relationships with inmates. That's what he's been doing. And he's kind of trying to preserve them with the the kids because that, that is tied a lot to ending up in a bad situation later in life with, with a broken family structure.
0: Uh, uh, Proactive, not reactive. I can't tell you how many times a day I use that phrase. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome
1: so that's
0: okay great. so i'm sorry for interrupting you mike just thought we could all use a little refresher on that go right ahead
2: that, that's fine so the the at the beginning we were supposed to do um, the distribution of some water filters which are essentially five gallon buckets and then there's a small kit that attaches to the bottom of that bucket you drill a home aside the water goes through the little filter and people can actually drink the water that they collect at their houses because you can't drink the water and sometimes people don't have any running water anyway they just collect yeah. it off their roofs or whatever so this actually gives them it's just obviously it's just a, a health health thing makes things a little easier in general so that was the issue that was the the gold star doing that um that never materialized we had a communication snafu or whatever with the person who was going to uh be our guide our our lead-in to the people we don't just show up on their doorsteps so they don't know who we are so, well some know who kipper they don't they don't know who i am so sure. this gentleman um he, he he's our in to, to the people so that didn't happen but then um tuesday wednesday and thursday i went well, we went to the foundation or yeah foundation red de misericordia orphanage in Santiago. We went here last year. And as uh, Kip mentioned, that they had 80, 90, 100 kids. That's a lot of kids that some are there because they were just wandering the streets and were found. Sometimes they've been away their parents, taken away from their parents for sometimes very good reasons, sometimes just because of suspicions. And I'll let Kip talk more about that if he wants to. Um, but there are a lot of kids there. And probably all of them are in a better situation, at least in their physical surroundings, in terms of stability, in terms of people that are kind to them. And so what I've tried to do this whole trip is to, you know, I'm a trumpet player and a musician, and those, those are often separate, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I just try to, try to find something to be interactive with them where I will perform a song and or over two, and then I'll try and, and I'll try to talk to them, and that's where like elementary Spanish sometimes gets in the way. Or at one point, uh, I try to play like a little Matador versus the bull kind of deal, and, and play something that sounds like bullfight music. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point, point, uh, we were we just got done doing that, and I go ah, El, el Diablo, uh, El Toro del Diablo, and Kim was like, Whoa, 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 what are you? Doing? <laughs> That's a much str- evidently just a devil bull is a, is a much more strong thing than I should have blurted out. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then there's
2: small conversational things. I'll, I'll say the wrong word or I'll say the wrong tense or the wrong two versus usted versus ustedes. So that that is what it is. Anyway, so with uh, each group of kids try to get interactive with them. i would do something for them try to get them to do something with me uh one one of the songs that i was trying to teach them was if you was uh you are my sunshine uh-huh. and i would play it and i would like try to tell them have them repeat that the words to me and then we'd all sing it together it's very it's very cute and then I would just have them if they would or could would be to present a dominican song for me and sometimes they were very uh ready to do that and jumping right in sometimes especially the younger kids or they're, they're more hesitant to do that um and that's kind of kind of what kind of what it is just an interaction uh the kids are often obviously they're having a good time not all of them some don't sell them don't care but uh, a lot of them had a ball with what we did which a lot easier for me to enjoy too oh yeah yeah Uh,
0: absolutely uh,
2: so so that's what we that's what we did this week in terms of service or whatever you want in charity or service however you want to think about it but we also spent an afternoon here at the la flor Dominicana factory and this is actually one of their uh, official crew shirts it says crew on the back back here our host and tour guide antonio the son of uh lito lito gomez uh, he was wearing this, and it was everyone else on the very end of our tour, and we should talk about the factory because there's a lot of cool things about it. I said, you know, I don't, I don't want a gift or anything, but I would love to buy one of your work shirts. And he hesitated for a moment, but then he just kind of went and said, well, what size are you guys? And we, we told him, and then he, he had a secretary go get us each a shirt. That's cool. cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's real cool. Hey, it, that all you need now is uh, to learn your Spanish a little better. Go in, sit down at one of the yeah. rolling tables, and nobody'd ever know.
2: Yeah, I'll just I'll just go right in there and just uh just um yeah I'll, I'll fit right in. They won't notice any change at all because obviously my skills are certainly at least at their level, if
0: not a little more. Yeah.
2: Well, you get it. your
0: tan before you go down, though. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then finally t- like, today we would.
0: Dre- <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. We're going to get into today.
2: I'll just say today is a day we had scheduled to go up to the north coast. We're two hours south of that, but that's really 30, 40 miles, I'm guessing, but up and down through the mountain. Yeah, and, it's
1: 40-some-odd uh, total. I mean, okay. each way.
2: Okay. So it's not as it's not as far as our time you would in, you would think it would it would take. Uh, yeah. So we want to – we went up there hoping hopefully to do some snorkeling in waters that I am told are very calm and clear and you can do some great snorkeling but in my two times that we, I've been here three times last year we got rained out totally we didn't go up and each of the first your first year and today the water was way too up it was like a coastal it's like South Carolina waves you know the waters you, know, you can see a foot but it's mostly silty and it's, it's relatively rough which is not snorkeling weather
0: no so I that's, would that's say it's
2: not so, we just we just hung out on the beach for three and a half hours, and uh, Kip had some food. I wasn't feeling very well earlier today. I feel actually pretty good right now, which I'm happy about. So, that's what. Sorry. I wasn't going to light up a cigar. I wasn't sure I was going to light up a cigar because of the way I was feeling, but I feel pretty good now. Uh, Kip's bowl of rice, he made me save me, I think.
0: And you are and, uh, having the dark ritual right now? I'm not- I am. I am. Good. I these I
2: I have got uh, over the last couple months. i would actually bought a few of the ten pack boxes of the Corona size of this, and I like. And they're they're not as old as this, um, but I like those quite a bit. And th- but I this this is much better than I would have thought too. I thought just looking at it, that's gonna be a pretty hard cigar, especially what I, after my struggles today. Um, but I like this quite a bit.
0: Good. How's this compared to those smaller ones? Is this uh, i I'm assuming then it- that uh, this is a lighter version. Then what you were?
2: It's it's sweeter and smoother,
0: yeah. Mm. All right, cool. Well, good man. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. I uh... (laughs) Uh, slight diversion. I had asked my wife to be a delivery service for a bottle of rum, and she enjoys my cigar smoking so much. I just got a (laughs) message from her saying the bottle of rum is outside your door. So I, I owe her some, I owe her about half a thank you for that. that I think that's about appropriate. <laughs> i well, not
2: going in that room.
0: How did you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, this is uh, pretty much, without a doubt, can be defined as nothing else besides a man cave. Not a window, barely lit, smells like cigars. Uh, an old this. hand-me-down couch, it's just about perfect. All right. Um answer a question for me. How how did you get Antonio Gomez to uh to lead your to lead your tour? Was it just the three of you guys? See. How yeah, did he How did you get him to do it?
1: I just sent a message and he's like, "Yeah, come on over."
0: No joke, really.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It was that simple. He was very huh. gracious. the grounds are beautiful over there. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic yeah. factory.
0: Hmm.
1: Highly recommend it if you ever get the opportunity.
2: Yeah, well, it's awesome. The factory is also also different. it seems like they have been expanding one building at a time. We were in one of their their uh, a room where they're now doing putting the putting bands on the cigars and putting them in the cellos. And that one room, which was maybe 20 feet wide and 60 feet long at first, was their whole factory. And now it's five or six buildings, one of which used to be a nightclub and still has the round dance floor in the middle of the room. <laughs> and it, it, you go, it, it looks like a food court in there, but people are rolling cigars.
0: Is that the one that looks like it's kind of got the, the faux brick arches? Yeah. But they're real. Oh, those are real? I Those are so. actually bricks, yeah. No joke. Wow, I thought for sure that they were painted. Huh. Well, that's really cool.
1: At least the one I was leaning on was bricks.
0: Well, <laughs> you got the one real one in the whole joint then. <laughs> All right, I uh, the rum outside my door is whispering to me. I'll be right back. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves.
2: <laughs> We've yeah. been doing that a lot.
0: Whisper in
1: his. Hey, we also yeah. caught a ball game this week.
2: Oh, that's duh, I forgot about that. We'll, we'll bring Craig back and tell Experience, back. experience, experience back. Some fun driving that's right.
1: experiences.
2: That was that was Monday night. That was my Craig. We just kept us your mind. We went to the, the baseball game Monday night. I know you knew about that, but that's when that happened. I, I told totally spaced out.
0: That's right. I I uh, I did know you went to the game, but I forgot about it now. Yes. It, dang, that was crowded
2: yeah it was slammed.
0: so Kip had mentioned something in passing about that game uh was it actually like a a playoff game or was it the last game before the playoffs began?
1: It was the 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 tail end of the series that leads into the final series.
0: Oh well, that's pretty cool then,
1: and it was between the top two teams which have a long standing Strong rivalry. rivalry for many years and so the, the I, I've just never seen that stadium that packed before ever Dominican Winter Which Ball course... would
0: be pretty fun to to witness I'm I'm pretty envious of that that's awesome
2: Well there were there were two people playing in the game that are current or former Cubs players either in either in their farm system or the one guy a junior lake for the Cubs a couple years and then the Blue Jays and he's oh, yeah. down here. I don't know if he's playing now. And uh Eugenio whoa, whoa, wait, no no um Hamer, Hamer.
0: Jane.
2: Oh oh uh, G- Jimmer. Jimmer um Candelario
0: Jimmer
2: No, Jimmer Candelario. Oh <laughs> a basketball player. Okay, sorry.
0: Yes he is. Yes he is. Ooh. So well and, and
2: as was saying we there were a ton of people last year we also went to a game and there were you know five six hundred people in the stands we could have walked around any place we we were stupid enough not to take cigars with us we could have been out in the back back wall having cigars while we watched the game this year no chance of that because every seat essentially was filled but the thing that made that difficult that the thing that made difficult was that traffic was just a nightmare i mean it's it's bad around here in general then when you put that many more people in cars and streets that are not built for a lot of cars, they're pretty narrow. And you had the thousand motorcycles that are zigzagging in and out of car in between cars all the time. And people cutting people off to get anywhere. We had a car stop in front of us because he got cut up by one guy making a left turn in front of him. And then three more immediately cut him off again. <laughs> and that's, and that's just the way it is. And it's dark and not everybody actually has lights on their cars or especially the motorcycles. So uh, it took us a long time to get there. It's also fairly, fairly stressful.
0: I <laughs> would imagine. <clears throat> Although I would also imagine that, Kip, you're probably pretty used to driving in those conditions now. I wasn't even driving that night. I had a friend of mine was oh, driving really? over there. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, I and hope probably- you two
0: guys enjoyed a cigar in the car.
1: No, our friend's not a cigar guy.
0: William isn't the cigar guy? No, no, no. no it wasn't, no, wasn't William. It was another oh. guy.
1: Hmm. William is a cigar guy. Yeah,
2: William. William sold me some more of his own cigars. I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I got any given to you or not, but William has a little store at his house, and he has a guy. This is the guy that we, weren't sure, we aren't sure if he's a former Fuente roller or Kip thinks now a Kristoff roller or whatever, but he rolls cigars for William, and I, I got another box from him. So and William, so William's into cigars, too.
0: I, I That okay good he sounds cool enough that he, he pretty much just has to be into cigars <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> there's no way around it and well, that's pretty cool
2: very, parking is very cheap at a baseball game
0: Can't until
2: read. it can be until you try to tip the people and uh, they, they wanted was it, just a hundred pesos for for the parking which is just barely over two bucks which obviously you can't even stop for a moment downtown Chicago for two bucks mm-hmm and uh, so I said, well, that, that's stupid. That I don't know. I think the driver, or what was it? Or the driver's name, Tony. Tony, see, uh, Tony, I don't know if he was having or not. And I said, this is stupid. I got, I, I got two 200 pesos right here, $200, 200 peso notes. I also had a thousand peso note with me, and it was dark in the car. And I thought I gave him the 200 peso notes. Uh oh. Not. So, so, so my parking tip went from two dollars to twenty twenty two dollars." <laughs>
0: <laughs> then they looked at you and said ah god bless americanos yeah <laughs> uh so uh, tuesday wednesday and thursday you guys uh did stuff at the school you were playing uh you orphan- were doing musical the, things The
2: orphan- yeah but it was three different places the orphanage on tuesday kip and nick's english le- uh, english language classes up In the mountains, and then yesterday was in the city here at that little school that's
0: private. Ah, That's awesome. You've been all over. So a game, and then Monday you just you guys just basically ended up just chilling at your place, Kit, before the game.
2: Yeah, because we couldn't do the buckets or the sculptures,
0: cigars and dominoes, I presume.
2: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hey, if anybody wants to send a thousand five gallon buckets to the Dominican Republic courtesy of uh, kit fisher, that's what's needed because the, the filters he uses are specifically geared to that size bucket and they, they, they just can't keep them in stock in any stores as far as we can tell at all. They'll get a couple and then those get, go away and they don't, then there's no more for two months.
1: Yeah, they're, the buckets are the bottleneck for this whole water filter process.
0: How, um, how big is the filtration device?
1: Oh, well, it's very small. It's the, it's about this size. I'm, oh, can see, maybe, uh,
0: comes in Mike, You size want to, uh, uh, you want the, to uh, buy one of those filters, and I'll pay you back. I would love to have one, if those can be purchased. Yeah, they can
1: be purchased right there in the states. They come out of Alabama.
0: Well, I I know somebody <laughs> who can have one in their hands tomorrow, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, they're 40, forty
0: bucks a piece.
1: are right, buy- really? They last for ten years. Yeah, 40, like forty bucks shipping.
2: Say like twenty bucks shipping to you from Chicago, though. So,
0: <laughs> hey, you got to pay for that parking. I don't blame you. <laughs> That's
2: true. That's exactly why I got to recoup my expenses.
1: Yeah, ah. we we had done water filters in the past with another organization in Bonau. Actually, uh, when we were coming down for CFC, we did them, and those filters. Were sixty dollars, and they took uh, a, a Chinese acrobat and a watchmaker to put together, and took two buckets, and uh, they they were complicated and more expensive, and they only lasted eighteen months, and so we have migrated to the ones we use now, and they're you know two thirds the price. They last for ten years, and you can put them together with one bucket in about five minutes.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it. Sounds like a little bit of a better deal for everybody involved.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: <clears throat> so, so,
2: especially yeah, when when sorry, especially with those filters when they're trying to explain to the people, this is what you do. It and Kip's Spanish is decent. Nick's Spanish is better, but it could still be pretty easy to misspeak and have them think something goes one way. So the simplicity obviously is is beneficial
0: that way too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, it probably isn't uh, isn't going to behoove anyone to have to make multiple chips because the thing was installed wrong and their kid got Jardia. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I did see I believe I saw a picture of some cigars purchased at a local shop. Uh, anything that you're not going to get stateside or not going to be able to find stateside? That was a cool find for you. <clears throat> or uh, I, I asked him specifically. And- for- no, go ahead.
2: I asked specifically for some things that you know that are just local that I wouldn't expect to find, and uh, I'd I'd have to go through it, go back and get them out and bring up, bring up the uh, labels because I things I'd never heard of. One is called Big Cat, or I don't know, Dog Bad cat, cat, whatever. Bad Cat, thank you. And it's just I'd never heard of. Um, Frank Sinagra likes the uh, Caminos. Oh yeah, I got a couple of those. Um, the the La Aurora ADNs, those are in the states now. That I grabbed a couple of those, and um, I grabbed some of the BME brick and mortar exclusives from La Aurora that I ran out of a year ago and hadn't hadn't bought since. I bought a box of them two years ago, and I brought the last three down with me last year to smoke with Kip and Nick, and then uh, I bought I bought a handful of them this time.
0: Hmm. Did you smoke you anything those? yet?
2: Uh, just the, uh, oh, and also a Chobwee uh, Longsdale dose seven seven. I did that at the beach today and I wasn't digging it. So that, that, again, I, I wasn't feeling well, so I probably shouldn't have done that. And I've got 75 of the Campo cigars coming back and some of them are going to go to me and some are going to DC and then who knows where they're going after that.
0: That's right. Yeah. I saw DC. It, 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 anybody who's listened to our show for long enough understands, uh, DC's, love for an inexpensive cigar is uh i think he loves the hunt in the and the acquisition as much if not more than the cigars he uh he's a man who wants to find the best bang for the buck and those combo cigars made him about as giddy as i've ever seen him uh, <laughs> a, a bundle of those for what a dollar twenty or something? I don't know. Whatever. That's about it. Right, yeah,
2: I paid sixty pesos for 20, 60 pesos, which is about dollar thirty thirty five now. Oh man! For twenty five cigars, but Kip gets a better deal because he's cute. So <laughs> the, the gal, there are different people that work there. When the gal is there and she thinks Kip's cute, he gets them for forty five pesos. But the dude I worked with said sixty.
0: Well, I can't which say I'm is, upset is, about is, that.
2: Yeah, me either. Mm. So they're still three pesos a piece, less than three pesos a piece. Unbelievable!
0: Do you have any of those yet? Yeah. Are they uh, Are they the stronger they're kind? Too, they're,
2: or? they're too wet right now. They weren't. They weren't staying lit whatsoever. So they gotta. They gotta sit for a while and put them under a hair or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not doing anything to but, dry them out down there.
2: Well, yeah. i well, got. I still have twenty of them in my house, and so I'm, I'm not. There's no hurry. No need I, to I brought, I brought I, yeah, I brought back two or three bundles of them last year, too. Hmm. And for those of you who haven't seen those, that they're, they're the ugliest little sticks. They're about five to six inches long, maybe a 32 ring gauge. And that is being very generous in terms of saying a gauge of anything, because it's just a leaf <laughs> or two just kind of roll quickly up. It's It doesn't look, hey, do you have any there? Do you want to put a picture of one up? Yeah, okay.
1: just a second.
2: And so these are the, uh, these are Come on, like ever, these, do the, do the
0: Sistine like... Chapel. Do it, if you're going to hand <laughs> well, him cigars.
2: No, no, he's reaching behind himself into his cabinet.
0: Oh, okay. So I'll let him do
2: it. There you go, right there. Talk so you can see the picture, kid.
0: Oh, yeah. Can you see that? Good gracious. That thing looks so wet, it looks like you could bend it and use it as a twisty straw.
2: Bend it, sure. it. will flex. Back it up. You know, let, me, let
0: me just... You going to get it to focus? Well, we're going to try, Phil. Uh, pull it back. Pull. Yeah, oh, back. I up. thought it just went. There we go. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, They no, they no,
2: bend it.
1: <laughs> there you go. There
0: you go. <laughs> it's like a stick of beef jerky. Yeah.
2: It's, it's Gumby. It's a Gumby
0: cigar. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you were able to pick up some of those.
2: Yeah, and as we said before, that they're not—they're not all, but none of them are great. Some are bad. Most of them are at least decent and worth worth what you're paying for them. You know, if you don't like it, you go well, okay, three puffs in, this is terrible. You throw it away and try another one. You're not losing yeah. losing yeah. On anything.
0: If you have four uh, percent uh, approval rating on those things, it's still a deal of a lifetime. One out of a exactly. bundle, and it's a dollar twenty or a dollar for a cigar. You can't beat it with a stick. There
2: you go. I, I I enjoy and we didn't. I couldn't do it this time because they've been too wet. But I I always loved having them in the morning, especially when I was here. When in the past, they're, they're decent. There's nothing nothing wrong with them really.
1: They're literally a five it's cent cigar. That,
0: it's not Henry Clay. And uh, that's what. Who was it that said uh, what the country needs now is a good five cent cigar?
1: I don't know. That's been misattributed to half a dozen people. Well, it was
0: that. then it w- then it was Henry Clay. How about that? Let's make it. Uh, let's make it seven.
2: It's going to make America great again.
0: <laughs> you know what you should do? You should uh, you should put some of those up on C and mark them as Dominican custom rolled cigars. <laughs> well, they
2: are technically.
1: Yeah, they're also an unregulated agricultural product. You could go to jail. Oh, no okay. one cares about that. No, no one cares about that.
0: Oh, speaking of unregulated agricultural products, did you get those seeds that I sent down? I did.
1: They're right here.
0: Fantastic. There's a catalog as well. If you look through that and see anything you'd like, I am more than happy to order and somehow ship to you whatever you would want. I can dig it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I usually get, uh, folks, what we're talking about is I am uh, quite the amateur unskilled home gardener a uh, vegetable gardener. And so I sent along a little catalog and some seeds of uh, some good tomatoes because Kip has commented multiple times that it's, it's murderous to get a good tomato down there. It's impossible. And uh, so I'm hoping he'll start to grow his own maybe. Yeah.
1: It's not as bad as Florida, frankly, Florida tomatoes were the worst, but, but yeah, it's not great.
2: We've had a lot of the avocados that you don't like Craig down here this week. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and yes, they're not as flavorful as flavorful as the Haas avocados, and they are they are by themselves a little slippery. They feel in your mouth. Yeah, avocados are slippery anyway, but these feel a little more so. But like I, we, I was having some with dinner here the other night, and just uh, put them on some rice that that we had, and a little bit of salsa. It was totally great.
0: You know, one of the things that I've I've done more recently since I wrote off what I call Florida avocados, what my family always called Florida avocados um, is uh, I'll take like a a half of a Haas avocado and mix it with a half a cup of a a good salsa that I like, or a pico de gallo that I make if it's summertime. Um, And it just makes kind of like a a sauce, almost a thick sauce. I wonder if it would actually be palatable. uh, If one of those Florida avocados would be palatable that way, if you, Mix it with something, I, I might like it. I doubt it, but I might.
2: No, my guess, my guess is you find it. That that's actually pretty good, especially with the other other things in there.
0: Um. Well, so anyway, so unregulated agricultural products. Uh, I'm hoping that you can that you can uh, start yourself a tomato plant in a pot or two, and uh, enjoy some of those. Those the ones the Abe Lincoln tomatoes. That's a pretty rare seed. They. Oh. Uh, They only they only put out a a few of those packets every year, every spring. So uh, it was a very rare varietal that just kind of reemerged. Somebody found uh, the ability, yeah, yeah, cool. Somebody found the ability to uh, uh, cultivate those seeds again. So enjoy. I can dig it. So, anyways, gotta love the cigar podcast that's talking about home gardening. That's all right, hey, so it's been uh, it's been almost an hour since we lit up. Any uh, transitions, thoughts? Uh, you liking this cigar, liking it less, more? What are your thoughts, Kip?: I'm
1: liking it more, actually, um, and there's nothing wrong with it earlier. It's just kind of coming more in line with what I enjoy more in the cigar. It has less sweetness for me now. Uh, the the drying kind of effect is 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 faded, but there is a little bit of a tingle through the nose, like I've talked about before. I retro hell seventy five percent of the time. I, I do that pretty constantly, pretty consistently, and so it it I have to kind of manage that at the moment, or I'll be having to mute myself to sneeze because it'll it'll draw a sneeze out of me. I'm digging it, and, and I still have had zero burn troubles like you were experiencing early on this thing is burned impeccably so far
0: i am yeah, this... still suffering some burn issues on this not what it was but I still am
2: <clears throat> i'm not i'm not getting those at all and I thought I was going to because the, the cigar just felt moist just before I lit it up but i'm not getting the, any any kind of I mean I can feel a little this keeps of tingling the nose but it's not off-putting whatsoever it's way milder than a lot of cigars are on on the retro hill i I, I like it. like it on this
0: it's more um, to me the retro is is less, and it's not it's not just the retro. I, I think that I am kind of taking some of this into my nasal passage while I'm just smoking it traditionally. Um, <clears throat> it's not abrasive like the the Dale Rausch coined nasal napalm type of of spice. It's nowhere near that. It's almost a little ticklish. It's more in line with that where it's it you could see that if you're going to do this repeatedly or take a large puff, it could maybe it could maybe just maybe make you twinkle the nose a little bit or whatever that is. Exactly. Um, um I agree completely. It has lost its uh, bready sweetness, that kind of honey like bready sweetness. Um, if you think of a quick bread, not something that's you know, you're going to throw yeast in, but something more like a zucchini bread or banana bread. Um, that's what that first third sweetness, even into the, the second third, uh, a little bit, what that was more akin to, um, that is gone now. There might be a little bit more of a, a yeasty type flavor to it, but the sweetness that was on that, that first initial flavor is more like a, uh, Maybe a, a, I don't know, a dull citrus of some sort. Um, It's not sweet like an orange. It's not sharp or or crisp like a a lemon or a lime. Um, And it's not sour like a grapefruit. But if there's some type of citrus flavor that that fits in between there, it's more in line with that, how the the citrus tang is coming across to me. Um, It is a little dustier, uh, though almost no cocoa to me. Um, I'm not noticing very much nicotine. I don't really have much of a, uh, of a strength that I'm getting with it, but I like the cigar still producing enough smoke, um, where I can play around with my volumes, take a little bit of smoke, take a lot of smoke and kind of see how the flavor is different with the different types of puffs. Um, I, I like the cigar. I like the cigar a lot. Hmm.
1: As do I, I'm digging it. Good.
2: I don't know if we're going back to the the Florida Dominica thing or not. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: The, uh, we were given a cigar. We were given two cigars. When we first got there, we were given uh, Vocada. Uh, Is that right? La,
1: La Bocada.
2: But, yeah, but, but it starts with a V. Yeah, via, La via,
1: Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the cigar. I don't know what you're
2: looking for. Yeah, but so the people are going to hear that and they are looking online, B-O-K.
1: Well, that is the way it is
2: spoken. No, no. Yeah, you're not being very helpful, though, could it?
0: All right. We got three guys know? on this podcast, Schneider, Fisher, and Stewart. We can say Volgata, and we'll be all right. We don't mm, need no, that. that that's a C
1: yeah. in the middle, not a G.
0: Oh, it is? Oh, I thought it was a G. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great C-A-B-A. they're gonna have all sorts of bad information from us excellent see
1: so we, we had
2: that was like a six or seven uh, by roughly 48 and those were pretty good and then they gave us a airbender tubo which I'm really looking forward to locking into
0: I love the airbenders when I last time I was in the Dominican was shockingly seven years ago I can't believe it um, and uh, you know what it was Mike you remember when we absolutely got annihilated with that blizzard in 2011. Yes, my i was in the dominican republic during that Mm -hmm. blizzard my wife was seven months pregnant or something and i uh i left her to take my last cigar trip for a while uh and she gets hammered yeah she yeah no joke she gets hammered by 30 inches of snow and is starting her last trimester so she can't shovel so that uh that was one i did not live down for quite a while Oh, well, <clears throat> but I was in, I was in, uh, the Dominican then, and I did not go to the, the LFD factory, but I was lucky enough, um, with Colin Ganley and cigar tourism to go to the, um, uh, LFD fields and they've got kind of a, I, I don't know, I'll call it an entertaining home there on their fields with a beautiful patio and, and, um, Oh uh, what's the the term um excuse me for uh like a a covered thatch roof patio or relaxing area um not a bodega uh a gazebo Yeah but there's a there's like a, a a Cuban or Hispanic term for this that you would be more accustomed to thinking um it'll come to me uh <clears throat> cabana that's what i'm thinking of um, they have like this beautiful cabana, uh, just adjacent to their fields. And I can remember, um, going and sitting there and not being overly excited because I have never really been one to adore, um, overly strong cigars. And they, they handed me an airbender. Um, and it was like a, a, somebody flipped a light switch in my mind that all of a sudden I lit this thing up and I realized how much, I love the flavor profile of kind of the typical La Florida Minicana cigars. What they bring to the table, but that Airbender was in this palatable, approachable, not going to kick you in the teeth um, uh, format, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. Love the Airbenders. The I have not had the tubo uh, like you've been given, but the overall blend is by far my favorite thing that they, that they produce. I love it. Love it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was my
1: favorite offering from them for several years. And, and actually in the specific size of the, that, that he gave us the poder. Um this little Corona ish kind of size. Mm. I really dig. Them.
0: Mm. Well, you I would, uh... can... go ahead, Mikey. Kip, you want to tell us some of the,
2: And we talked just basically about, you know, how the place looked, but there were a couple of things we noticed that we hadn't seen before at their factory.
0: Oh, like what?
1: At the, um, each rolling table, they, they have established a lot of guidelines for their quality control throughout the process, but especially at the rolling table. And I guess each vitola and, and blend they've established um, standards, of course, which is cool to me because I worked with standards for a long time. And one of the one of the things they keep track of is the weight of the, each cigar. They have this tiny little digital scale at every rolling table. And the dude, when he bunches the cigar, they're weighed individually and then subsequently weighed as a bundle, uh, as a wheel or a half wheel uh, later on in the process. But he has to stay within whatever tolerance is established for that line and Vitola when, when they're rolling. Hey. Uh, and then the second thing that I noticed was the infamous draw master, the, the <laughs> draw yeah. tester. I've seen those things in a gazillion cigar factories, but normally they're sitting in the corner with half an inch of dust on them. Nobody's looked at it in 10 years. Yeah. But yeah. they had a dude sitting there feeding that thing all day long.
0: Now, what that's cool. And I wouldn't doubt if, uh, wouldn't doubt if they do that regularly. But what I have been told is that those things need regular calibration. They do. and And
1: apparently based on a story that he was telling us, they have, different expectations and different um, guidelines established as well for their different cigars and what they want that vacuum to the, the requirement to be um, based on what cigar it is and what they're rolling.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. So it is something that they keep up on and that they have an expectation of. It's not just, oh, I want a 30 to 50. They know what a 30 to 50 actually is based upon some set standard that they have
1: yeah something somewhere that they have agreed upon in the past is is what they go
0: by well it would seem like it would be easy enough to establish that like if you you know literally lito gomez walks around and says okay i've taken a puff off this cigar this is the tension that i'm looking for you put it in the draw master tomorrow and you say this is what they all need to be at today this is the tension we're looking for and you've right. tested it then you know, with that 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 constant. So yeah,
1: and we we did not press the issue and ask for specific tolerances or anything like that. But but the oh, guy no, as wasn't. a
0: guest, you weren't looking for them uh, if their calibration logs, <laughs> right? And and I could
1: only assume that is as a part of the normal process. That is the factory is not set up for public tours or anything like that. We were just two guys that contacted him, and Antonio agreed to show us around. So it's not that they wheeled the thing out just for us to, to make a show of it. it. It appeared to be something, of course, they do all the time. Now, you, you uh
0: you, you you're, he, mute, you're muted, Mike.
2: So that, that, that equipment obviously does a great thing. However, he also told us that uh, a cigar that just came out recently, I think, it was a big ring cigar, they either misjudged what they had to do uh, what, they misjudged what that calibration or the, the amount of vacuum they needed for the draw to be what they wanted. And what happened is they got several thousand cigars that were just really tight. So it's not necessarily just that. They have to be careful with how they, how they uh, calculate what those, what those levels are. Cause they had to throw them away. And uh, was it 30? Do you remember how many it was? Yeah
1: i I did not hear him say a number. i just said heard him say half of' them were too too bad to be sold.
0: That's a bad day yeah hm well, I guess there's always uh <laughs> j r or c i or somebody who'll probably pick those things up and claim that they're factory seconds and still sell them for three bucks a cigar, <laughs> although who knows maybe maybe uh uh l f. d doesn't do that. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Who knows where they went to? He said they throw them away. That's
2: what really happens, or not? So I asked him, "What do you guys do? You just like give them to the rollers?" He says, "Well, we could, but you know, no one wants to. No one wants to smoke a plugged cigar." So, yeah, that—that's the story.
0: Well, that is absolutely true. I'm sure no one wants to smoke one of those, but at the same time, there is still value and and a, a component to it that has value and. Um, I'm actually surprised that somebody wouldn't then send that kind of back through and take it apart and use that filler tobacco for uh, uh, a non-premium cigar that LFD would make. Hmm.
2: I asked him that. He said, no, we we don't do that. Hmm. I asked him if he just didn't take the cigars apart and put... Because you know, if if they do mix filler cigars, they don't care. They could do that. I, I don't know that they do those kinds of things because you certainly wouldn't be able to tell the leaf apart very well anymore since they're all, I mean, they're whole leaf. But you know, when you, when you make the bunch and you tear off end here, tear off here, and you put stuff in different spots, it's not like it's going to be really easy to determine what what is what.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is true. Actually, it would take a very skilled. Uh a very skilled person to be able to handle that process. No doubt about that, but hmm. well, so you did smoke that, uh, volgado or whatever it is. Volgado.
1: I can't say it. You guys complain too much.
0: Yep. You're right. Mike, you did smoke the volgado then, right? You said that you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. The bocada, bocada for, for gringos, bocada for locals. And yeah, we, we both liked it. I mean, uh, my, We we were talking a lot, so uh, most of my cigar was still whole when we left the building, and then we had to leave in the middle of the afternoon, so I, I relit it when we got back here to Kip's house, and then I relit it again in the evening. It was still good the whole whole night, which I, I was surprised about. I, I don't usually do well with relit cigars, but this one, was, this one was fine.
0: You didn't happen to broach the topic with him about putting out a new cigar that he knows is not going to be FDA compliant, did you?
1: I did no. not.
0: That would be that would be a tough subject to bring up for a number of reasons. One, um, it's hard to, to broach a topic when you're not an expert. And two, it's even harder to broach a topic that nobody really knows the answer to. And finally, you might just piss the guy off to bring up something that's going to put him in a bad mood.
2: Right. Yeah, when well, you, you've been invited in into something which was actually pretty unique and special and doesn't happen all the time, as Kip said, they don't do tours per se, That. It's a good way to get the tour cut short pretty quick. And we wouldn't have these swell shirts then either.
0: <laughs> well, that is true. You'd lose your employment next time you came down. <laughs> oh, that was funnier than just a, a cursory. Hey, come on, give me some credit.
2: Sorry, I was muted again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty well, Kip, cool. I
2: kept it mentioned that when... when uh. Antonio left. He said, "Well, no, you got, you got, you got to start rolling more. You got to get a job first before so you can get that shirt."
0: <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing that crossed my mind.
2: I'm uh, sure they're looking for. I'm sure they're looking for guys from the states to come down and show them how it's done. Everybody, you know, everybody in the Dominican Republic wants that. They want Americans to come down and tell them how to do stuff. That's their goal. That's what they find most appealing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just ask the Americans. That's exactly what they want. <laughs> uh, on all fronts, I would imagine.
1: Unfortunately, that is often the attitude when Americans come
0: here for a visit.
1: Let me come and show you what you need.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you had mentioned in the past about about so many of the, the let's call it charity assistance. That has, uh, you know, had all the best intentions, and then it's just fallen flat because, a, the money goes away and the program stops, or uh, you can't put a square peg in a round hole, or people are only providing help for a given period of time, and that that ongoing life of whatever was started just can't sustain itself. You have you have a culture and a society that is not what what is being taught for. Uh, A a short period of time so i uh i would absolutely tend to think that what you're saying is right it's unfortunate but yeah it is
1: see it day in and day out
0: yeah well i uh i think mike brought you down perhaps a cigar or two are you uh you still just smoking your pipe or are you able to get into cigars on a regular basis now
1: no, I've been smoking. I've smoked more cigars this past week than probably the last two or three months combined.
0: Oh, all right.
1: I I am replenished. I I don't have yeah. a desire to fall back away from the pipe. I'm still enjoying the pipe. I just haven't been spending much time with it this week, but I so kind of
0: let, 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 let me ask you, you a question about your pipe smoking. I really enjoy pipe smoking. Really mm-hmm. love it. Um, I spend a lot of time in my truck. It would be the perfect situation for me to be able to, you know, Hey, if I'm going to be in my truck for 40 minutes, I don't need to light up a cigar. I can put a quarter of a bowl of tobacco into my pipe and smoke that on my row on the road. But it's such a pain in the butt to carry a pipe, a tamper, some, uh, cleaners, a pipe lighter, not to mention my tobacco, and then take, a couple minutes on the side of the road or in a parking lot to prep all that while I'm on the road. It's just so inconvenient in comparison to having a cigar. You, someone who's out and about and helping people not working at home on a regular basis. How, how do you go about kind of, I don't know, uh, compromising there? This little guy. Yeah.
1: And this holds two pipes, tobacco, pipe cleaners, tamper, it's easy I mean, to, to carry that around, it'll stick in a pocket, shirt pocket, back pocket if you don't like your pipe and you want to break it, <laughs> um, uh, and as far as the time involved and the hassle just for the process, that completely goes away with practice, I mean, you just get in a groove and it just becomes automatic, and you don't have to relight every three minutes, and you don't have to fidget around with it. You can pack it with one hand and your thumb. <laughs> it's, it just becomes a a routine.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I suppose with anything, the more practice, the better you get at it. There's that's you know an old adage uh, from here to eternity that's been uttered, no doubt about that. But I mean, just the just the logistics of getting into that groove has just Proven difficult for me. I I think I enjoy pipe tobacco as much as a cigar. I, I do not enjoy the ease. I
1: absolutely do. I was a pipe guy much deeper and much longer than cigars, quite honestly. Um, uh, but I've fallen away from it in recent times and been mostly into cigars, but certainly have a bigger collection Although it's not on site at the moment, I'm slowly getting it down here. Um, but uh, I've lost my train of thought. What did you just say first in that the first sentence you said? Comment, you made.
0: Oh gosh, first specific sentence. Yeah, I, he asked this. you
2: about. He asked you about how you deal with getting the pipe. You doing it on the road or whatever versus? You see, he was struggling. No,
1: after that, that, in in his response to the the pouch and the automatic.
0: I I, I was talking about how I enjoy the pipe probably equally as much as I enjoy my cigars, but I'm not able to develop my routine to where that's what I'm reaching for. When I come uh, downstairs at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm still grabbing a cigar because I haven't developed the skill and the ability to pack that on the road with one hand while I'm still driving.
1: Well, a couple of things lend themselves to helping that. One is you can pack a pipe the I night had before a or a yeah. week before or whatever and leave it. And, and pipes lend themselves to being relit so much better than cigars. Um, it, it's not even a, a comparison to be made. A, a pipe will uh, much more easily get back into its it's original flavor when you relight it the next day or a week from now or whenever. Um, But I think the real problem, not, not necessarily for you and, and probably not at all for you, but for the average guy that walks into a tobacconist and wants to buy a pipe, he loves the idea but he wants to get out of it for 20 bucks and you just can't do it. And so a tobacconist We'll point them at a a basket, what people call basket pipes, because you can get one for 20 bucks and you're getting a $20 pipe and it's going to smoke like crap. It's going to be bored so that you can't get a pipe cleaner through it without taking it apart. It's going to create moisture. It's going to burn your tongue. It's going to be a bad experience and you're going to quit smoking a pipe. And it happens to the overwhelming majority of guys who think they want to smoke a pipe. And it's a, it's a tragedy, so to speak, and and it's not necessary. You don't have to go spend five hundred dollars for an artisan pipe, but if you if you make the jump from that twenty dollars, even to fifty or sixty or eighty, uh, you, and buy a reputable brand for that price that has an established history of making a quality, uh, you know, piece of briar, quality pipe. The difference is is amazing. It, it, it there is a, a a a chart you could make up and fabricate with whatever numbers you want of, of diminishing returns. Where in my mind for years when I was into pipe collecting, I, I felt like I could get a better and a better and a better and a better pipe up until about two hundred fifty bucks, and after that, you're really just paying for artistry and the name attached to it more so than a better smoking pipe. And that number is totally arbitrary. It could be wherever you're comfortable spending. But it doesn't change the fact that that same $20 pipe that you pick up out of a basket in a cigar shop or a tobacconist, uh, that $20 pipe may be a gem. It may be wonderful. But the chances that that's going to happen are much lower than if you buy a $60 pipe much, much lower. The, the, the likelihood that that pipe is going to be better, the, 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 the number of pipes out of 100 that are going to smoke really well in a $60 range is going to be far more greater than those in the basket for 20 bucks.
0: So if you were to give somebody a recommendation uh, on a, a value of pipe, no, uh, a cost of a pipe to purchase, with a higher likelihood without getting to the diminishing return point in dollars spent would you say a $60-$80 pipe would be where to start? To have a higher than average chance of it being a a good pipe to use?
1: Yeah, and you can find those in in Savinelli Stanwell, even some Petersons are in that range that that are going to smoke very well the vast majority of the time they're going to be well made Hmm and while I'm on my little soapbox here, I'll say the same terrible idea, or the same concept in a terrible idea comes through when uh, people walk into a tobacconist and
0: well oh, tobacco, you know, pipe tobacco,
1: want to buy tobacco that that smells fruity. Okay, not a I, I'm not an aromatic smoker, but I don't have a beef. If you want to smoke an aromatic tobacco, just smoke a good one don't smoke this dripping wet, goopy mess of uh, a pipe tobacco that has sat in a jar for the past six years and it's only wet because it's completely saturated with propylene glycol to keep it from drying out because that's going to cause you problems in your pipe and do the same things I just described for a poorly made pipe. It's going to give you a bad experience and you're not going to like it and you're not going to stick with it and you're going to probably just give up and say, I must not be a pipe smoker.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that happens. Uh, Mike, I'm going to pull you back in here. I know you're lighting the cigar, but after you get that thing back up and running, uh, have you... We're good. So what, what's your experience with a pipe? Any desire or any experience?
2: Um, maybe peripherally, no, I would have a new desire. I, I never actually looked into it. I think I said before, the only pipe I've ever had is plastic blue and yellow and blue bubbles out of it.
0: But I do. I I
2: very much do enjoy the smell of pipe tobacco. Very very much so. You know, if you're out, if you cross paths with somebody with a pipe, to me, it's always it's always been awesome.
0: What time is your flight tomorrow? Mid afternoon. So enough time in the morning for you to try out on a state pipe.
2: I suppose that's possible.
0: (laughs) Wow. Hey, don't sound too excited about that, Buster Brown. I'm, I'm,
2: it's not up to me it's not my butt
0: uh, well it's up to me to yeah, in, insert my desires into what you guys are going to do uh, in the morning
1: man don't ever yeah. say that sentence to me again
0: yeah no joke Jeez, <laughs> came out of what my mouth heck? and I cringed as much as anybody else yeah don't say that either <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh, it's getting hot in here yeah, Uh, well, I I would be interested in. Uh, I'll put it this way, selfishly, Mike, I would be interested in you developing some sort of an enjoyment of uh, uh of pipe tobacco and pipes on your own for your own consumption, because I would love to have somebody locally that that uh, you know we can talk so this- about, we can share. Oh, this is totally self-serving. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I was just
2: saying this is this is a self this is wholly a, a wholly selfish request.
0: No, 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 no. My goal is so that way you will develop a desire for uh, enjoying uh, pipe tobacco, and we can bring you back on in a couple weeks, a couple months, and uh, talk about what you've discovered. It's okay. it's just so it's for hol- you, Mike. It's,
2: it's wholly altruistic. Okay, I got you. Oh, okay. completely. Or you me, or you just want me to burn the heck out of my tongue so I can't talk
0: anymore. So you have to sell all your cigars to me. Yeah, you know. Either way, I mean, uh, I am just a nice guy. Like, in in the grand scheme of things, it it goes William Kip (laughs) I I mean, me. Let's just be honest, you know. I'm I'm off the screen.
2: (laughs) Mr. Rogers, Craig (laughs) Schneider.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fred Rogers, I mean, he's a good dude, but he's got a lot to live up to. (laughs) Well, or did have a lot to live up to.
2: Yeah. You should start wearing a red sweater,
0: though. Uh, Cardi.
2: Instead of blue shirts in the show, you should start down in that red sweater. It would be good.
0: I, I went with purposely the most ungray shirt I could think of, bright freaking green, and it still looks slightly grayish blue. Yeah, it does. I, thought you were, I didn't think
2: you were wearing a green shirt.
0: I thought you were all gray, gray. I mean, gray it gray is gray. it is completely green. You can't you can't get around it. Oh well. Well, hey, you uh, you you mentioned Kip that you have had more cigars in this past week than the past couple months combined. So. That sounds like just about as good of a segue as we can get to talk about what else uh, you have been smoking.
1: Yeah. I only put two in the notes uh, because that's what the first two that came to mind when I was putting these notes together a couple hours ago. (laughs) Uh, There were a number of guys sent some cigars down. Thank you. I will thank you individually this week when I get a chance to, to go through uh, Mike's delivery. Uh, The, um, A a, a very generous package from DC. I kind of cheated a little bit and broke into that and grabbed a Padilla that I'd never seen before. Just a a little Padilla uh, with an orange band on it and had no idea in the world what it was. So I smoked it and I wrote him a note asking what it was and and they're Fumas. And so it's a mixed filler cigar. I was glad I didn't know that before I smoked it because it may have planted in my head. Oh, I probably won't like it. It's going to be inconsistent and burn wonky and give me grief. And, but I genuinely enjoyed it very much. And that's the reason I sent him the note. And so it's a, it's a Habano wrapper uh, over mixed filler of who knows what, I don't know, uh, but it held together. Well, it burned very well. it, it had a very toasty and sweet kind of flavor uh, throughout, uh, mm. not quite not quite nutty, but sweeter, but almost toasted marshmallow kind of flavor. I really, really had a good time with it in the middle of the night. Other the other night, uh, I don't remember which night it was. I couldn't sleep. Sat in here and had a cigar <laughs> and had a wonderful time with it. I dug it quite a bit.
0: Wow, That's
1: <sighs> pretty, pretty cool.
0: Glad to hear that
1: before I have to eat crow and talk about the next one, I want to hear about yours because I, I love this cigar you have on the list right here.
0: All right. So the the cigar that I have on my list, it's uh, I kind of jumped back into the fray. I have not been smoking very much. We have talked in the past about uh, uh, how I had been sick Uh, We came back on, I think our last show was just about a month ago. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, I I had uh, been on an antibiotic, things were going well, I was feeling better. And then just about a day or two after we had the show, uh, my antibiotic, I think, was just about done. Um, I was starting to feel poor again. Uh, And I went right back down into it where I felt like absolute crap. Um, got sick again, got another antibiotic. I am now again done with the antibiotic and, um, I'm feeling good and I have been good for about a week. I am ready. And I, I was excited to be able to have a cigar again. So I reached for uh, a present from uh, my cigar adoring cousin, uh, Mike, who has sent us some unbandeds that I believe you received Kipper. Uh-huh, that's the MF number
1: one and MF number two.
0: That is. That absolutely <laughs> is. Um, I, I, I thought that meant something different. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not. Um, so my cousin Mike sent down uh, some unbanded and he also sent me a lovely gift of the Andalusian Bull, um, which I thought that I had smoked this cigar in the past in the last year or so. I swear I reached for it at a shop, but, um, I lit this, I lit this cigar and smoked it, smoked the majority of it. It was gargantuan. It looked, it it made this dark ritual look small. That's how big it was. And keep in mind, this dark ritual is uh, a six and a half by 56. Um, so this Andalusian bowl, this figurato, uh, I lit that thing up and man, oh man, it is a little airbender. It's a little double La Hera, but it is all La Florida Dominicana without a doubt. Instantaneously, after I got into the groove of smoking this thing after the light, it was La Flora, period. So it, it reminded me of the Ezra Zion tantrum in that first, in that the first half inch. Um, Strength wise was just in line with that, you know it, where it, it approaches that edge where you're going, oh baby, I'm not so sure about this one. They're gonna kick me in the teeth again, aren't they? But it settled down into this core of actually really pleasing to me hard flavors, um, which was mind blowing. I, I mean, you all know that I can't stand the the cigars and generally the manufacturers who have um overly hard flavors as their uh as their style. But man, its size was intimidating at nearly seven inches and probably close to sixty ring. But what I did manage to get through <laughs> and I wrote here before my brush with death because it was strong, um, it was enjoyable. Period. It reminded me a lot of that Airbender in the first third. Had some of the strength and depth of flavor of their Double ahero. Used to smoke, not the Double ahero Chisel, but, gosh, it was like a little Figurato that I would smoke in that Double um, uh I, I, I was very familiar with that flavor profile, and this just was a great mix of those two. I, I enjoyed it a lot. What is your least favorite? tobacco varietal that shows up in cigars sometimes. My least favorite varietal that shows up in cigars. Um, I don't think that I could label that immediately. No. I would say g- generically Habano is used, uh, when used improperly, it has a very, very typical generic flavor that I dislike, but this was not that at all.
1: I, I was thinking of Palo de Oro.
0: Oh, no, I don't hate Palo Doro. Oh, I thought, thought
1: that was one you had mentioned you had a slight vendetta against. It's in that cigar.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I just looked up. We had talked about it quite some time ago, actually, back in episode 157. And it uh, has a, <laughs> a Corojo Seed Ecuador Abano wrapper over Dominican Criollo 98 band Binder and an undefined hybrid, which they didn't talk about. They just called it a hybrid, and Pelo de Oro in the, the, the filler. Huh.
0: No, I, I definitely don't dislike Pelo de Oro. Um, in fact, one of the best cigars uh, from Nicaragua that I've ever had was um, Pepin Garcia at La Estrella in Esteli. He grew, and I believe is still growing uh, Palo de Oro, for some of Pete Johnson's stuff. Um, And uh, he had a cigar when I was in Nicaragua last, which was eight years ago. Oh, my gosh. In 2010, that was their first crop was put into cigars in 2010. So it would have been from probably a 2008 harvest. Um, I I received some cigars from Pepin, which were half Pelodoro and half Capadura which sounds strange to me. I asked, oh, is that the wrapper leaf, Dura? And they said, no, the tobacco is called Cappadura, which, okay, whatever. So it was half and half. It was 50-50, that cigar. It wasn't a true blend. It was just examples of those tobaccos. And those cigars were terrific, really, really good. So I I don't think that I've ever said I dislike Pellodoro. It's typically very strong, so maybe that's where you would get my distaste for it, but.
1: <laughs> I was looking up that, that word, capadura. Because uh-huh. uh, it, it could be two words. It, it would mean a, a uh, durable wrapper leaf on a cigar, a durable cap or, or top layer. But as one word, capadura, it means castration, mutilation, sterilization, or emasculation huh according to well, word records
0: that's uh interesting oh well, yeah okay well that's uh, that's a new one to me all right not sure why you would name a cigar that i'm not I, sure why you would name a cigar that okay or or a uh, tobacco varietal that
1: sure i said i spoke, misspoke
0: oh that's alright you're you're one of those guys who walks through the cigar fields aren't you
1: I have walked through them, but I don't post for pictures in them generally.
0: No, I I mean, tobacco fields, cigar fields. Yeah. Ah, never mind.
1: You should see see when the crop comes in, pick them off the plant fresh and smoke them.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got me.
1: (laughs) I really like that Andalusian bull. I've only smoked two of them, but I had great experiences. And uh, you know I don't care for giant ring gauges, but I, I oh, like that oh. one.
0: Yeah, it, it worked really well in that cigar. It, it works really well.
1: It does, and and it wasn't to me typical, traditional, what you think of Le, with La Flor Dominicana uh, at all. It had a little bit of, of spice to it. it. It actually reminded me of some of A.J. Fernandez's attempts at blends. Uh, and that sounded like a dig. It wasn't. Was yeah, it did. <laughs> i am a big aj fan it's not at all a dig but it reminded me of that it like it, it had something in there that's not in that list i just read that that had some nicaraguan origin to them just a a little bit of spice but it wasn't um it wasn't the really peppery kind of uh, pepin spice that we talk about sometimes associated with nicaragua it, it was very nice i enjoyed it it was the number one cigar on the cigar aficionado list a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, you guys, sixteen. Uh, you you took uh, pictures of that when you were at the LFD factory. It okay, hangs
1: in their office. Yes,
2: yeah, you see it as soon as you walk in their main office. It, it's you know it's six feet by eight feet, a big frame. Um, it, it it was big. Maybe not quite that, but it was large anyway.
0: It's too bad they don't advertise that it's the cigar or that it was the cigar of the year. Six well, feet by eight feet. Uh,
2: we we asked him something about that, and he says you can't believe the impact that had for them, the the positive response, and how much you know busier they are because of that. He says you know cigars aficionados. Oh, wow, I'm really surprised.
0: Just, hmm. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't mean to be a jerk or anything, but. I don't quite think <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't quite think of CA as still having that big of a of an impact.
1: He
2: says it did. And Tom said it did.
0: Well, I'm sure it doesn't hurt,
1: but it it, it shows in uh, the search for that cigar still today. It's commonly sold out most places.
0: Hmm.
1: At 15 bucks a pop.
0: Well, they they definitely have made that Made the attempt, I guess I should say to keep that cigar as a little bit of a a unique or a rare uh, blend for them. I mean that's not something that you walk into your average tobacconist, you might see a double a hero. you don't see an Andalusian bull right so i mean i i would I would say that that's been part of their marketing for it, or at yeah. least i if I was them, I would have made it part of their marketing sure but who knows it might just be really rare tobacco for them and so they can't do a lot of them um but i don't know it seems much more like a, a liga privada uh move than anything else yeah but i might well, be wrong.
2: well you know, certainly one way to keep the price up is to keep the actual supply low
0: keep the actual supply down yeah 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 All right, Kipper, what else you got on your list? Oh, Mikey, do you want to jump in before uh, 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 Kip does something? You you can
2: go ahead. I I, I was going to make a cigar recommendation um, and a comment. Uh, Usually something like this, I I will think of something, like I'm about to say, mid-year or three minutes after the year starts, and that is just like keeping lists, keeping track of what you've done or how many things you've done. So I started keeping track this year. I don't know if that's going to show. There you go. Um, I'm keeping track of every cigar I smoke this year. And this Cigar Night is my 29th cigar this year. It's my 16th this week. But the sm- cigars smoke <laughs> most of them. How about that? <sighs> yeah, we're doing okay with the cigars. Um, the cigar that I recommend, and as far as I can see, this is only available in December. At least that's what it was last year. And if I looked for it all, two, two Decembers ago, I had it for the first time. I looked at, looked for it throughout the year. And this year in December, through Cigars International, the Diesel line. Oh yeah, they do a Corona. And uh, like it, it was part of a promotion that CI had, where you, you buy a pack of ten for twenty seven fifty, which is cheap to start. And then you, you got you got with a twenty dollar gift card to Cigars International. So you're, you're paying seventy five cents a piece for these cigars, and they're really good, especially earlier. like first cigar. It's awesome. Pleasant, very consistent. It's like 5 by 44. It, okay, that what was size. what I was going
0: to ask. Okay.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome. Hmm.
0: Is it diesel anything in particular, or is it just diesel?
2: You know, it, it shows up in the listing where they have, like, the diesel, the D1, D2, D3. Um, but, like I said, I, I only saw it last Christmas time and this Christmas time. is the only times I've come across it. So I don't know if that's what they only do, but that's the only time I've seen them.
0: Diesel is AJ,
1: right? It, it, it is, and he has a dozen or more diesels of varying names. Sizes, yeah.
2: Yes. But, but yeah. Well, different
1: blends. The, the, it's the diesel something. The unholy cocktail yes. or, or whatever. Yes.
2: Yeah, and this, just, this doesn't have a name associated like that. It's just Diesel Corona. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Well so you'll you know it by the fact that it's yeah, that it's twenty seven dollars for a thing of ten. I can't beat it. No. Well, I suppose Fuma cigars, but for compo cigars, excuse me. Yeah.
2: Well this is decidedly better than the compo
1: cigars. Well I, yeah. It ought to be for a hundred times the price. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, well, cool. That's very good. You you haven't had any of those this week, though?
2: Oh, yeah. I had three of them this week.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoy them.
0: So, as even though we live near each other and have smoked cigars together a dozen times over the years, whatever it's been, I can't say that I necessarily know your profile. I mean, I know cigars that you like, but I I, I can't necessarily pinpoint it like I can with Kip. Um, what okay. what would you say to, I guess, help our listeners who probably have a better idea what Kip and I enjoy than you do? What would you say your a good cigar is that gives you what it is that you want out of a cigar? Kind of a normal one. You smoke a lot oh. of Taranios, right?
2: I, uh, I do, st- I, I, I smoke one kind of Taranios still regularly, the, uh, um, The 1959, yeah. sorry, Exodus 1959. I still, I yeah. still smoke that a lot in, in, in the, in the Robusto size. Robusto sites. I smoke that a lot. I know that in general that my favorite tobaccos are those from Nicaragua. And that's mostly from my own cigars. Um, so there, there's some sweetness to it, some strength to it. I mean, to be honest, I, I I Dominican cigars are not my favorite spot. There are some cigars I like, like like the, like the uh, BMES that, that, that I bought. I, I like those. Um, the the Stellas, the Corona Stellas from EPC, I enjoy a lot. The new wave, new wave Stellas, oh, okay. I, I like that. I like those. Um, but uh, I, I will choose uh, a Nicaraguan cigar or a Dominican cigar every every time. Hmm.
0: Well,
2: most every time.
0: Well, that uh, that probably put. Well, I guess would you say that 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 uh, uh, diesel is more in line with that typical preference that you're getting no, more of those Nicaraguan I would, I, I
2: would, I, I would not because that's actually a little sweeter cigar and it's it's milder, um, but it's great in the morning, and that's when, that's when I've had them here, or if, or if you just want a quick smoke, that's not gonna you don't have to put too much effort into enjoying it. You know, I like I like the. I like the uh, Cuba Miamor a lot, but that's a that's a hard hard ish cigar, and it, for me, it's really a good first cigar. Mm. So it all depends on what I'm smoking. Okay. Now, I, I like I like the Caldwell Eastern Standard. You said you, you don't like that. That's but I but I like that a fair bit.
0: I I said I didn't like that. I don't think I've ever had that. Yeah, you, oh yes, I have. <laughs> you yes, told I, me have. I
2: could keep. You told me I could keep it. Is what you told yes. me. Yes.
0: That is exactly what I told you. Oh, that's right. Oh, next time I uh, want to know what I think of a cigar, I'll be sure to ask you. You apparently remember better than I do.
2: <laughs> just, just leave a message with my, sec- with my secretary and I'll get back to you.
0: I'll do that. So, Kipper, you, uh, you have one more on your list. Why don't you tell us that and then... Uh unless we've got anything else to share then let's jump into uh wrap up on this cigar after after what you got here.
1: You just want me to say you were right. Uh, I, yes. thought you were gonna,
2: I thought you weren't I thought you
0: weren't going to admit this.
1: I have to it'll come out eventually anyway. <laughs> it's well, he, all right. Go ahead.
0: There's no way he's pulling it over me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Oh. <aqua thing. sighs> Everybody that's ever heard my voice on, uh, on this show knows that I love the Roma Craft Aquatine line, the entire line. But I've always really honed in and focused on the anthropology, which is a Corona Gorda kind of size. And you mentioned recently you thought that the um, uh, the Mode Five uh, was was a better example of that blend that it that it really. Went well that it that that pitola and that blend worked well together. And I did not believe you, but somehow mustered enough belief in your sage words that I ordered some of those. And Mike brought them down to me. I had them shipped to his house, and I smoked this one this week, two this week, and I just. Much as I hate it, I have to admit you were right. Man, I I dug the crap out of that cigar. (laughs) It was softer and and more rounded. uh, You know, had no edges on it at all, and smoked both those jokers down to next to nothing. And just was enamored the entire time. I I I, I hate that you were right on that one. At least for the first two.
0: I I have absolutely no desire to ask you to explain how right I was anymore. All I want, <laughs> all I want, is for you to realize, maybe, maybe, maybe every once in a while something I say might be worth listening to. It doesn't hey, have I... to be about cigars. It can be about anything. But maybe I... I'm okay sometimes. I put
1: enough stock in you to order these cigars. I think that says a lot, even before I believed you. I
0: I trusted your opinion that much. You know, knowing how rarely you have that opportunity, <laughs> that, that does say something. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet, sweet music to my ears. Yeah, enjoy it. Hey, sh- you follow what I say. There's going to be a lot more of that Buster Brown.
1: <laughs> Let's not get the cart before the horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't stand being called Buster very much then, I guess, can you? Nah, I get called a lot oh, worse than that. That's spectacular. I, the smile isn't even going away. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So why don't we wrap this up? And you tell us what you're thinking about this cigar.
0: Well, I have seen um the number one thing that I'm struck with on this stick is transition. This cigar has it's there's nothing to me in common with this final third I've got less than two inches left, and where this thing was at six and three eighths or six and a half inches um, the journey has been. So flavorful, so enjoyable. I've moved past the construction issues that I had. I'm guessing that it was probably a, a little binder or wrapper crack that was throwing me off because it's, it's, it's burning wonderfully now. Um, the, the sweetness is gone, but the, the cocoa has started to emerge. There's a lot more of a palate coating tendency without being polluting, if that makes sense um it's there, it lets you know it's there more like the end of a cigar typically should or does um but it's it's more just that the flavors have concentrated, they have transitioned a little bit deeper, they're not really darker and they're just deeper. The sweetness is completely gone. The fact that I thought it was uh akin to a a citrus type flavor is I will not make that comparison anymore. It's dusty through and through. This would make Dale Roush do flips. Uh, It's so dusty. Though that dustiness is not on par with an amount of a cocoa flavor. There's cocoa to it. It's not nearly overwhelming at all. It's not nearly as abrupt as the dustiness. Um, A lot more of the toasted tobacco flavor. And uh, really no no dark Maduro flavors. As I sit back and think about it, a cigar called the dark rituals. Um,
1: that was what I was getting at early on that, that from appearances and my mind's perception, it was not coming through like that. It wasn't coming through with those kinds of flavors that I may have expected just from memory and looking at the cigar.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, you could put a bono wrapper on this, or I won't even say a varietal. You can put a claro wrapper on this, the old school twenty years ago natural description, yeah. and I, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have batted an eye with what I'm getting out of it now. Um, good cigar, uh, right on the edge of size for me. Um, I'm not overwhelmed at all by strength, but I, I actually do feel it in my jaw a little bit, that my jaw has been open uh, uh, for a cigar a little bit more than I would typically prefer. Um, other than that, I'd say that that she's winding down. I'm probably not going to get too terribly much more out of it. I've enjoyed it. I am thrilled that the last versions of these could be shared amongst all of us. Um, and uh, I'm happy to have had this stick.
1: Yeah, I can dig it. And I don't think I could line up any more with your comments than I do I, right there with you the the dustiness you're talking about in particular uh, uh, and secondarily that toasty to toasted tobacco kind of flavor it's just it's an honest flavor it's what a a cigar should provide you at some point each time uh, and the the toasted tobacco the dustiness is more perceived as a a feeling to me than a than an actual flavor but i get exactly Sensation. what you're yeah
0: yeah yep mm. mikey what about you
2: well I, I would agree with you in a number of those points but one of the things that i would say about the size of the thing, um girth girth wise ring gauge that, that's fine i don't really smoke I, I also don't smoke big ring cigars per se this is as big as i would find comfortable i wish the cigar was two inches shorter um, I, 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 you know, when the show's done, I'm gonna put this down. But it, it's maintained a, a good a good balance on its flavors, even as we're getting shorter. That it's not getting hot. The retrohale is not getting any any more aggressive. and uh, this this is a good cigar. I just wish it was a little little less of it, but that's you know, personal
1: preference, of course.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a two hour cigar and with the fact that the body is picking up, I, I generally would agree with you. I, <clears throat> I get a lot of enjoyment out of 45 minute hour long cigars. Um, and a lot of enjoyment out of cigars that I don't feel like I literally have, have to, you know, move my arms to kind of crack the coating that's on there. It's such a, a sick, uh, like what's the, what's the term? Third hand smoke type feeling, you know, like I, I don't, I don't appreciate that in a cigar, and that really picked up um, within the last inch or so, and I'm a little bit less than two inches. So I would I would mm-hmm. share your statement that this would probably be the perfect five-inch cigar. I, I won't go that far. It would be at its perfect self at a five-inch length.
2: Assuming that well, – we, we talked about this before. I, I think a lot of the change we get in, in the flavor of a cigar if you smoke it, is the interaction of smoke and heat as you smoke down, and a five-inch cigar wouldn't necessarily to me probably would not change the same, or might do it more, or might do it less than this size did. The one thing, the one, the one things that I like about a bigger cigar, outside of the fact that it's a bigger cigar, is that it maintains a mellowness, a mellowness for a longer period of time, and doesn't typically heat up toward the bottom, toward the mm-hmm. end
0: of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's some old. I don't. I really don't know if it's fact or not, Mike. You'll know more about this than I will. But some old kind of uh, uh, sage words from the Cuban industry, um, which talk about a solid or a loose foot cigar, and mm-hmm. that's essentially whether or not um, the entirety of the cigar is made up with a single leaf depth. Or if there had to be, I'll call it, segments of leaves added to make out the entire ring, the entire width of the cigar, to make it consistent over its entire length. So if you have a solid foot cigar, um, you're using a more consistent segment of the leaf. You're not using where it's narrower at the tip, where it's a thinner leaf, versus where it's thicker at the stem, where it's a thicker leaf. And all of a sudden, you know, your seven inch long cigar needs to have more volato or more filler added towards the foot because that same amount of leaves has less volume at that foot than it does at the head. This is a cigar yes. that this is a cigar that represents so much transition um, that I would say that there has to be something along those lines where. The the actual area on the leaf that you're smoking, um, uh, it has to be. There has to really be something that's going on here for this to have demonstrated as much of a transition, as much of a uh, a modification as it has. And I wonder if that's because maybe this was a solid foot cigar and not something that had more pieces added that perhaps weren't from the same segment of leaf um that would hinder or restrict the transition um i don't know it's a it's a weird hypothesis kind of bringing in a an old school cuban rollers mentality or or adage uh bringing it kind of into a new world um cigar who knows if it still applies but it seems to me like it would
2: okay <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool.
0: Well, Kipper, any uh, any other closing thoughts you have before we uh, shut her down?
1: No, I don't think so. Well, I do.
2: Well, okay, go right man. ahead, my man. So, well, first, thank you, Craig, for uh, allowing me on the show. And uh, thanks to Kip for allowing me to be on the show in this capacity. I've like said oh. this before. We did this similar thing when I was down here last year. I guess the first year we didn't do a show last year together, it didn't work out schedule wise. Yeah, but the first year I was here, we did a show together. And uh, I, I will say that the opportunity to come down here and work with Kip and his cohorts and the people of the mountains or and or like this time in the city is a great thing to be able to do. I've received many compliments from my friends on Facebook or whatever saying, Oh, it's a great thing you're doing, and I appreciate that. But it really pales into comparison in the amount of time, effort, and sacrifice that Kip and his friend Nick, who's here with his family, and sacrifices they make, and the people that, that are the Native people that we work with, the, the things they're doing. Um, the things I've said today really just touch on, on the amount of effort they're putting into it and trying, trying to make things good. Good for people, and it's it's very cool. So thank you very much, Kip, and uh,
1: I hope we can do this again. Siempre, hermano. See, si.
0: Kipper, close us out, my buddy.
1: Hokey doke. Uh, everybody within the sound of my voice, we certainly appreciate you stopping by and hanging with us for a little while, whether it's here tonight uh, or somewhere down the road. Uh, we, uh, we're always thankful uh, for the folks that correspond and participate in the forum and hang out with us uh, when we manage to get around to doing this show. <laughs> and if you want to come back uh, sometime in the hopefully near future for episode 174, I believe we will be smoking the Ezra Zion All, All My Exes. Um, uh, but in the meantime, if you want to catch up with us, you can get us by email, uh, craig at halfash.com or kip. At halfashed.com, and of course through the forum, uh, we'd love to have you join us over there. There's a a small band of us, but we kind of have fun poking at each other, and I don't mean that literally. I mean that figuratively. uh, But you can also get us through any of the normal social media channels: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that kind of thing.
0: Well, tonight's an easy one, folks. Um, Hang on, Craig.
2: Hang on, baby. Hang on. Sorry. Um, Oh yeah. Well, he, he said to find out, you could also find, if you just want to see some pictures and stuff, You can, there are probably 20 or 30 pictures on the forum of the things we've done this week, so you can get an idea. Or if you want, um, hook up with me on Facebook, and uh, I have also videos, along with a lot more pictures, if this, this kind of thing down here interests you. Or if you want to find out how you can help this kind of stuff and have interest, um, I'm sure Kip would gladly talk to you, and I will too, if, if that's what you prefer.
1: Absolutely. Thanks.
0: Yeah without a doubt I I I uh I have such an enjoyment <laughs> uh of your trip it's uh it's as close to to traveling and spending time with Kip and enjoying cigar country and helping other people as I uh as I have had the opportunity to uh, uh to do myself in quite some time so thanks Mikey this this week no, I don't do edu- uh, educations. I don't do dedications every week, but this one's pretty darn easy. It's it's without a doubt going out to you, my man. Thanks for uh, having the dedication to doing this, having the the courage to do this. I mean, quite frankly, going down and learning another language and, and making the effort, uh, the time and effort, the commitment to to start learning another language so that way you can better communicate and and convey what it is that you want to convey, what your strength is to these people. It's, uh, it's admirable, my man. It, oh, it makes a difference not just to those who, not just to those who are are hearing you firsthand, but those who are hearing of you, secondhand. So, a man, this one's to you, no doubt about it. Gracias, gracias. Well, and uh, folks, all of you who are also in earshot of my voice. I will say, as I always do, in the wise, wise words of my good friend, Mr. Dale Roush. Good night, everybody, and thanks for listening.